Hey everyone, welcome to the Locked On Lakers for Friday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. The Lakers get thumped in Game 2 in San Francisco. Can Anthony Davis bounce back for Game 3? That's next. You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked On Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, sometimes on Saturdays and Sundays, uh, especially during these playoff runs, Andy. Uh, No matter how or where you get your podcast, it's always going to be free. It's never going to be behind a paywall. And Locked On Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show. Over 16,000 subscribers now on the channel, uh, which we really appreciate. We appreciate everybody's support. And uh, it'll be a great place on Friday, Andy, for for Lakers fans to congregate, to come together, and uh, try to make each other feel better because um, game two did not go nearly as well as game one. That is my analysis right there. That's why I make the big money. Yeah, one twenty-seven hundred loss uh, to the Warriors. The game was actually going somewhat well in the first quarter. The Lakers finished ahead, although it did take them a while to actually start getting their offense going Second quarter, the wheels started to get a little bit wobbly. Third quarter, the wheels fell off and rolled in four separate directions out of Chase One. And they are still rolling in four separate directions across San Francisco right now. That is just how badly it all fell apart for the Lakers once it Go get your wheels, Lakers. Go claim them before you leave town. You know what? Leave them there. You don't need those <laughs> wheels anymore. Buy some new wheels, Genie Bus, plunk down the cash. It's worth it in the long run. You know, it's it, I, 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 we talked on uh, Thursday's show about what kind of effort the Lakers were like, because they were, they were sh- genuinely shameful in game two of the Memphis series after winning. Game one, it was you know very similar situation. You take game one on the road against a really good team that's played well at home, uh, and come out and what kind of performance are you going to get in game two? And you know the the Lakers were were indifferent in in that game two against Memphis. I don't think that was the problem in necessarily in in San Francisco on Thursday, but they got thoroughly outplayed and they they certainly didn't look good um you know it's 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 hard to argue that part no i it's interesting i actually tweeted out at cam brothers i i can't tell for sure if the lakers came out flat in this game or not but i'm positive that they got frazzled too easily and too early in this game and that was even before lisa salters uh on the espn broadcast noted that Darvin Ham at halftime told it that they he thought the team got way too caught up in the whistles, uh, the ones against them, the ones that weren't co- coming for them, um, that they spent a lot of time complaining and that they weren't playing with force in part because he thought they just lost their focus, frankly, complaining. I, I And that's what it seemed a lot like for me. It seemed like that in particular for Anthony Davis, who we're going to get into a lot in this game because he just was not – 
particularly good on either side of the ball. Very disappointing coming off a monster game one. But AD, yep. AD had two early fouls or by maybe halfway through the second quarter, he'd picked up his second. I thought the first two calls on him, frankly, were BS. I thought they were they were bad calls against him. Um, one of them, he was on the ground trying to get a ball to basically create a jump ball situation, and he got called for a foul for it. The first one, uh, it was it looked like basically phantom contact. Even Jeff Van Gundy during the broadcast said, "I don't see a foul there at all." And then the third one that he picked up in the second half. I think was 50-50 at best. But AD spent a lot of that game, to me, playing like a guy hyper-paranoid and self-conscious about the way the game was getting called and very concerned that he was going to pick up a second foul, a third foul. And by the way, I am not saying this to excuse Anthony Davis because he has to react better than that. I'm saying I think that actually was... One of, not the only, but one of the factors going on with AD. Also, too, um, and I'll just address this one, uh, I guess, elephant in the room just because I love a good conspiracy theory. They're always fun. Uh, one of the referees tonight was Eric Lewis. And Eric Lewis, uh, for those who don't remember the name instantly, though it seemed like a lot of Laker fans did, um, he's the guy that uh, made the no call in that Boston game uh, mm-hmm. that eventually went to overtime. You may remember LeBron's absolutely uh, apoplectic reaction to this. Uh, Patrick Beverly gave the referees the camera to look at before overtime began. And that, by before- the, that, that was Pat Beverly's great contribution to Lakers history. Right. Like and- years from now, that's what that's when people will remember Pat Beverly for and, and pull up the things. That's what they're well, going to do. Maybe not. If the Lakers will discuss this if not today, sometime next week. If the Lakers go on to win a championship, Patrick Beverly may be remembered even more because he and Russell Westbrook both want rings. They've been on the record with this. We'll if he later. gets one, Pat Beverly, it should be for that maneuver with the photographer's camera, much more than his actual play. <laughs> That'll be on the ring. <laughs> right. Like that's his Jason of Beverly Hills will somehow etch that moment in diamonds or something. <laughs> that would be great. But, uh, Eric Lewis being in this game uh, perked up the ears of a lot of Laker fans, had their radar going. I'm not, and, and it turns out Eric Lewis, at least according to the internet, I have no idea if this is true or not, but according to the internet, has ties to Boston, his family's a bunch of Celtics fans, et cetera. I'm not going to say that Eric Lewis is a corrupt referee calling games against the Lakers because he hates the Lakers that's a bridge too far without any definitive proof. What I am willing to say is I'm not convinced he's a great referee. <laughs> I, I, I look, I, I don't comfortable know. saying that. I am, I am a, I am a, and it's a whole crew. It's a whole crew. Yeah, but I am a person who believes that uh, NBA officiating is basically the, the most impossible job on the planet. Like it just is impossible to get right. It's it. And yeah, we have way too many angles and all these other things. Um, and I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it, but what I will say is um, the Lakers did not shoot a free throw in this game until about a minute left in the, in the, in the, in the first half. Um, you know, we talked for Thursday, 
you know, one of the things that you you look at as a Lakers fan, as a Warriors fan, it's like what what's going to change? And you say to yourself, well, you know, Warriors fans were, you know, you use the word apoplectic to describe LeBron's reaction. They were apoplectic at the free throw discrepancy uh, for in Game One in, uh, between the two teams. Um, and we said to ourselves, well, look, I mean, the Lakers spend much more time at the basket. They do the the they're going to probably shoot more free throws in every game. There's going to be a big disparity in every game. It's just a matter of how big. Lakers had zero <laughs> in the first. So um, whether that's the officiating, whether that's the Lakers, it was a clear sign that they were struggling and the offense was not operating in the way that it is meant to. And Andy, when the Lakers do not get to the line, we've seen this. You talked about them being kind of discombobulated, being uh, you know complaining too much or whatever. When they don't get to the line, this sometimes happens where they where they're they're drawn out of their game offensively, and they just don't have good answers. And I think that was part of the problem the first half on on Thursday. Yeah, and look, I, I as much as I'm having fun with this stuff and and venting a little bit as as a Laker. No, he was he's clearly on the take. I mean, there's no, there's no question. I mean, I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to glo- I'm not trying to gloss over the fact that Eric Lewis is obviously uh, a corrupt. Right. indecent this, man uh yeah right no no we we by no, the end of this podcast that's seg- gonna, that's that's segment three i think we're yeah, just I, saving that I, I would say by the end of this podcast over the next like 20 ish or so minutes we're gonna blow the lid off this entire conspiracy yeah. um the, the lakers did not lose this game because of the refereeing they lost this game because they did not play very well i do think the way the game was called affected the Lakers, but it is far more oh, the yeah. onus on the Lakers to adjust to this rather than you know hope that Eric Lewis and, and company come to see the light. Like <laughs> it, it's it's the responsibility falls on them. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, I would agree. Um, let's 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 get into the Golden State to their credit changed up some stuff. Um, they had a, a, a change in their starting lineup. Uh, they had a change. And their three-point shooting, they actually managed to make it better, despite even though they did pretty well with it in game one. Um, but plenty to unpack in this one, so we'll get to it next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by eBay Motors. And for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to be just right. And the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can make sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know whether the part will fit or get your money back. And just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, tons of parts, that is a lot of parts, you will be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live look at uh, every every Lakers fan after that first uh, segment, wondering about Eric Lewis and the refereeing. Um, it is interesting to just think about you know those disparities and and what happens now for Game Three, um, just because you know Golden State. It wasn't just they kept the Lakers off the line. It wasn't just, like they they really did operate differently. They you know Steph had the ball in his hands a lot more. Um, Jermichael Green starting in place of Kevon Looney, really, I guess in part because Looney was sick. But um, 
I wonder if they'll just keep doing that because there have been some talk about Golden State possibly going small in this game. And the reasoning is as well as Looney played is when you have Draymond and Looney on the floor at the same time, the Lakers can ignore two people. And it lets Anthony Davis really just go to town uh, defensively. You saw on Thursday, he was pulled much, much higher out on the floor and was often caught in that kind of tweener space between do I close out on the three-point shooter or do I do I drop back a little bit more? Um, and it was very effective for Golden State. So they really, you know, they, they talk about the, they talk about the playoffs being, you know, the adjustments, the the onus is on the team that loses game one to come back in game two and try some different stuff. And certainly Golden State did, and it worked real well. Yeah, I mean, Clay Thompson was absolutely unconscious in this game. Eight of eleven from behind the arc had 30 points. Like the the Lakers nightmares are just going to be of Clay Thompson just casually owning them in this game. Uh, Nobody was particularly successful marking him. Uh, Austin Reeves often had the assignment. Uh, Reeves on both ends of the ball, frankly, was not very good tonight. He had company in this game uh, as far as guys not playing well, but he was quite bad. I thought, you know, because so much of this series is – predicated on you know we've talked about legs and energy and this and that and whatever um and why it was so important for the lakers to take game one because they were never going to have an a a sort of uh freshness advantage um a rest advantage uh, on golden state that would be bigger than the one that they had going into into the first game um and a lot of this series can be decided based on who hits the wall first and at least on thursday Reeves looked really heavy-legged. Um, his own shots, I think, he, you know, had won three in the third quarter, I think, or something like that. But generally speaking, his shots were short, um, especially early, and he really struggled to 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 keep up with Clay to get around screens. The, the times he was marking Steph, whatever it was, um, he struggled. And you know, I think one thing we can all agree on is Austin Reeves doesn't dog it <laughs> through games. So um, I chalked up a lot of that to just legs, fatigue. And that yeah, can happen was, even in game two. He is three of 11 from the field for seven points, just two assists against two turnovers. I mean, he was just – he's out of sorts in this game. And he in particular is somebody that is going to have to find adjustments if the whistles aren't coming because a lot of what can separate – Austin Reeves playing badly versus Austin Reeves playing fine versus Austin Reeves crushing it is how many trips he can get to the line, how many fouls he can draw. And this was not a game where he got any. And then you mentioned Steph on the ball. Like there's going to be a lot of focus on the Warriors shooting and clay. But to me, the story was Steph Curry's ball handling. Like he was as like a one man dribbling gang, just scrambling the Lakers defense. They, they could not, keep up with what he was doing. And, you know, it's easy to forget this because Steph is the greatest shooter to ever live, and it's not even close. The guy has an insane handle, and he is a great passer. You know, I mean, he's he's become underrated as a point guard, I think, just because everyone understandably focuses on the shooting. But he is amazing at just keeping his dribble alive till he finds what he wants. And it's going to be difficult to adjust 
to that, you know, yeah. if, if they, if they keep that strategy, like if someone, when I noted this on Twitter, someone said to me, you know, they need, they need to aggressively trap more, try to get the ball out of Can't his hands. And it, cannot well, do that. This is what I responded. You know, I, I'm sure they'll try, but it's easier said than done. You know, again, Curry's got an incredible handle. He's a great passer. And assuming they're still playing small, if you do that, that leaves either four, yeah. it leaves either a shooter wide open, like a designated shooter or Draymond, who is as good of a passer and a relocator yeah. as anybody in the league. The, the Warriors have made a, you know, have a, a long history of, le- uh, of of destroying teams who do that. <laughs> like yeah. that is that is how they're built. That is how they are, they're predicated on that kind of thing. You can't you just can't. You can't do it. You, you know, you there are moments maybe you could do it sort of catch them by something or, you know, the right lineups out, the right, whatever it might be. But as a consistent strategy, you are begging to be torn apart defensively once you start trying to trap Steph. It just doesn't work. He had 12 assists in this game. And if you count count possessions where what he did at the top directly led to the pass that led to the basket, I mean, you're talking about like, 20 or 25 baskets manufactured. I mean, he just, he was masterful and he still managed to have 20 points along the way. I mean, he just, he was incredible in this game. I mean, the the Warriors are good. (laughs) It's like, and they're particularly good in their own building. And so, you know, I think, you know, as a Lakers fan, you hope, you know, you know, you know, Steph's going to have a game or two where he goes nuclear you know, at least a game or two where he kind of goes nuclear. You hope not nuclear like game seven against the, the Kings. <laughs> goes for 50. Um, I'll and- tell you, man, and it's in its own right, I think what he did tonight, it may not be 50 points, but it was on the level oh, of he- just sure. basketball impressiveness. Oh, what yeah. he did tonight was incredible. It was he was he was so good. Um, you know, Clay is gonna have at least a game where he blows up from three and it all just looks perfect and and that kind of stuff and then you know that happened and you know the the hope is and that's what makes golden state so challenging is that you can they they didn't tonight but you can do everything correctly and still lose possessions and still lose minutes at a time when they're just right on their game or steph is hitting shots or clay is hitting shots like you don't have to do anything wrong for a team to go on a, an 11 to 2 run. And like that can be really challenging. And obviously, on a night where you aren't doing everything right, it gets that much easier. But um, you just, you sort of, you know, you, you have to factor in two or three games where the shooting and the performances from Clay and Staff are going to be really, really good. And there's not much you can do about it. And what you hope is either, you win enough of the other games, or maybe you overcome it, and you're playing so well yourself that it doesn't matter that that Clay is eight of eleven or seven. You know, and the Lakers, you know, we we kind of always go back to the same formula, Andy, about what helps them survive and what makes what makes it work. And you know, um, ten of seventeen from the free throw line. First of all, seventeen is way too low, and ten is not very good. Um, and a lot of that's coming from guys, you know, 
four free throws from Tristan Thompson, four <laughs> free throws from Max Christie. So if you take away guys who shouldn't be playing unless things have gone really, really poorly, the Lakers, the rest of the Lakers took nine free throws. Uh, so that ain't going to get it done. They took there's at least there's at least a 50 50 chance Tristan Thompson has no idea who Max Christie is. Nope. Thinks a uh, a, a mop kid won a promo contract <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, he's like, yeah, oh, that kid's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good for him. Um, you know, you 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 go the Lakers. You know, again, under thirty percent from three point range, and some of that is you know garbage time at the end, but not all of it. I mean, um, Le- LeBron hit three, including one that was like a buzzer beating bank, bank job shot, three, yeah. um, which you know, fine, yeah. but. You know, and Rui was Rui Hachimura had a terrific game tonight. Twenty-one well. points off the bench, four of six from behind the arc, five rebounds. This is something also too. You saw this in this game that I just love about Rui. I've mentioned this before. He's really good at just quick decisions when he gets the ball. Whether he's going to either shoot, put the ball on the deck to put up a shot, or move the ball, the guy does not screw around when when he has it. Yeah. And it really it really stood out tonight in a game where I think other than maybe LeBron, the whole I mean, maybe, maybe Delo in his own right, who I thought was not great, but not bad either. I thought he was fine. I, I thought a lot of the team looked indecisive because yeah. of what golden state was doing. Rui really stood out in the way that he just made fast decisions. And yeah. That's something you have to do against a smart team. It's an interesting dynamic because you know Hachimura. You know when a guy like Looney doesn't play as much and they're not going with the lineups that they did. Um, you know you can play Rui a little bit more, but you know against smaller teams, there is a it is harder for him to do the kind of running and the and the and 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 challenge shots and get around screens and do other. It's not as easy for him. So you know he 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 wasn't the reason they lost, but it was uh it was um. It's a challenge, and so like it's a long series. There's no way this wasn't going to be, you know, if the Lakers are going to win this, it wasn't going to be in five games. Probably wasn't going to be in six. So um, let's talk a little bit more about AD because uh, at the end of this, he's still got to be better. Uh, there is no question about that. Quick reminder, Lakers playing the uh, the Warriors in Game 3. That's 5.30 on Saturday night. Uh, game 3, the team that goes on to win Game 3 usually goes on to win the series. You can catch every moment of that game uh, in the hometown broadcast for the Lakers on SiriusXM. That's the SiriusXM app. Search Lakers. So, um, AD's got to be better. He's got to be better. Like... Got to be better. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, he had a different defender on him this time with Draymond Green. And, you know, we, we talked before, you know, when we were previewing the series with Cyrus and Kylan about the the specific challenge that Kavon Looney offers when, Dray- when AD is going to be often attached to Looney just because those extra possessions he can get on the offensive glass and you don't want to give Golden State more chances to score. And, you know, I mean – Looney had, I think, 23 rebounds in game one and like maybe seven or eight on the offensive glass. So like that is a legit challenge in and of itself. But Looney is not going to be able to, and we we made this very clear when we talked about this, he's not going to be able to contain Anthony Davis defensively. 
Like that's that's not the type of defensive player that uh, Kevon Looney is. Draymond Green, however, is somebody that can defend Anthony Davis. And you saw in this game the way he was preventing AD from getting to spots that he wanted. He was getting under AD. He's, he's much more physical in an effective defensive way. And honestly, again, combined with the other stuff I talked about earlier where I think AD became hyper-conscious of not picking up fouls, I think you combine that with a completely different look in Draymond Green. And AD, I don't think, reacted well at all to the new setting and the new and and the new scenario and mm-hmm. like you said he this this team is going to go as far ultimately as Anthony Davis performs there's no way around it if Anthony Davis is not really good the majority of the time more so than any other player on this team Lakers ain't going anywhere and i thought as the game went along the frustrations AD was feeling offensively. He said after the game that he thought he was getting the same shots he normally gets and he didn't think anything Uh, was different. I strongly uh, beg to differ. But I thought as the game went along, that frustration offensively was affecting him defensively as well. This is is the first game I can recall in the playoffs where AD, if nothing else, did not feel like a factor defensively. And that really stands out because – Against Memphis, even the games where the offense wasn't there, dude was a monster defensively. That was not the case tonight at all. I think, you know, some of some of it, I agree with like kind of the 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 the, the cause and effect there, in terms of it pulling him out of his game defensively. I, I I think that's part of it. I do think Golden State did a much better job putting him in no man's land or or mm-hmm. forcing him into situations it was just too easy for him defensively um in game one and i think that i'm there's sure that, that. I, I i'm sure there's there's um that was a lot of the conversation you know with steve kerr and the rest of his staff like it's just they got they got to make it harder for for ad to control now he's still got to be better it's just everything's it's got to be better and you know one of the things that separates the the most elite players is like the ability to do it again and again and again and again. And you know that it's 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 a it's a prove it game. We've done this a thousand times this year. It's another prove it game. You know, playoff level. You know, okay, second round of the playoffs, prove it game. Like it, it, the 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 goalpost is always going to move a little bit. <laughs> like if you want. If you if if you want to be seen as one of the you know hand, the small handful of elite players in the league, then when you start to to show your ability to do that, people are just going to kind of push that goalpost out a little bit more and make you do it again and push it out again, and make you do it again until you know finally you reach a place where it can't go any farther. But uh, he's not there yet, so Saturday becomes a big game. Look, I, I've said this many times with Kobe. For a lot of people, Kobe had to win his fourth championship to win his first mm-hmm. because the first three attached to Shaq and Shaq winning three straight finals MVPs. It, I think, completely inaccurately for a lot of people discounted what Kobe brought to those championships. I, I've never agreed with this, 
but that happened. And again, Kobe winning that fourth and that fifth, he was the first to admit how much it mattered to him to win two without Shaq, to win one more than Shaq ever won. Like Kobe should not have needed to prove that for anybody who's watching the game with the slightest bit of either objectivity or just you're paying attention. But my point in bringing this up is if Kobe's going to go through that, then you know damn sure Anthony Davis will. Yeah, fair or not, this is what's going to happen. But in this particular case for the Lakers, it is somewhat fair because this has to happen or else they can't win a championship. They just yeah, can't. I agree with you. And you know, I think that the real big concern is always, you know, when you win a playoff, I mean, the, the, the emotional swings of uh, you know, you know, watching it as a fan, I mean, the emotional swings in a playoff series, particularly one where you know, like first round against an eight seed, you're like, you know, they lose the game. It's like, you know, you you can get all huffy because you never know, like, you know, but like in the back of your mind, you're like, nah, we're not really worried about this. But like, like I don't care how confident you are in the Lakers. Like, if you are a reasonably reasonably objective just like for in just a, for a moment about you know what this series probably looks like you're like yeah golden state can beat the lakers i think the lakers are going to win but golden state is absolutely capable steph clay dre whatever they're capable of winning that's what makes games like this so nerve-wracking so i'm sure you know golden state they're thinking Fans were like, oh, okay, did the Lakers have something that we're not going to be able to counter? Golden State comes back and wins this, you know, game two by 27. Now, as, you know, a Laker fan and you hope, you know, in the Lakers locker room, they have something in mind to make it so what we saw on Thursday doesn't become sort of the formula for the series the Lakers can't fight back for. But that's that's what the Lakers have to show on Saturday is they've got a response to what Golden State did on Thursday. Well, you know, obviously there's going to be adjustments. Darvin Ham, all the players talked about that afterwards. You know, the playoffs are a series of adjustments and adjusting to the adjustments. But one adjustment that does have to happen in this game is Anthony Davis has to come out with an attitude and action of, yeah, Draymond Green is one of the best defenders of the last decade. I don't give an F. I'm Anthony Davis, and there's not a goddamn thing you can do about it. Like, he needs to come out playing like that, forcing the issue. Like he really, and it's not always going to work. And, you know, maybe he picks up an offensive foul doing that, but he he needs to be dictating the terms of that matchup with Draymond if that's what it remains. He needs to be at least more forcefully looking to dictate it than it seemed like he did in this game. He just has to. Yeah, 100% agree. Um Locked on Lakers on YouTube, Andy, is where people can go to see the show. They can participate on the the chat, the, the like the chat board and the you know, the comments section, and they can really, uh, you know, they can they can they can complain as much as they want about what they saw on Thursday, and I suspect they will. But they will also be getting excited and jazzed up for Saturday's game. It is a massive game three. Um, I don't want to say it's going to be the one that determines the series, but statistically, Game 3 is the one that determines the series. If it's tied 1-1, Lakers do not want to give up a hard-fought home court advantage that they won over these first two games. And it's important to remember, Andy, You know, they, they did what they needed to do. They did what they wanted to do, which was win a game in Golden State. They won a game on that floor. 
Um, this was a good start to <laughs> the series. Look, if you want to find a spin for the the debacle that was tonight, LeBron and AD got extra rust. You did not anticipate. Yes. Oh, I was. And, I, I meant to say something about this. I I was um, texting a friend, uh, you know, guys, one of our our friends who uh, likes to text during games, and he diehard Laker fan. And I was like, I hope the Lakers are down either down by seven by the end of the third, like they rally, or down by 30. <laughs> because anything in between, it's it's like, like, do we keep guys in? Do we not? It was more close to the down by 30 part, and Darwin sat everyone, which is fine. It's, it's yeah. it, I would agree much better than playing in the fourth quarter. So I was agree. actually happy about that. Um, anyway, Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show. We will be back, obviously, with a – uh, mini cast on Saturday night after game three. So make sure you check that out for the, uh, for the daily listeners, the everydayers um, that'll be there for you Saturday night and into Sunday. So uh, we'll see everybody on Sunday.